Well, what is happening, everybody? Good evening. Ooh, Welcome good to. <laughs> You're not I forgot what episode this is, but we here. It's June first. Yes. Sorry, it's y'all. The first for episode like, of June for of the June month. So yes. So I do apologize for my sporadic um, posting. Um, in case y'all don't, in case we haven't told you me. And Lady Z, we are currently getting our masters, so our schedules are kind of hectic a right now. Crazy, but a we trying to make it do what it do, How? any chance we can. So, with that, y'all, welcome to a seat at the table. Yes. I am Silky Caramel, aka Zo. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> Child, we gonna explain why we are so just sound like we're giddy. But we're not getting, it's just, it's been an interesting Yes, y'all, tonight. Day. Lady Z is the name, though. Let yes, I'll, I'll y'all, introduce myself. tonight is, <laughs> it's a good topic because it just Ooh, seems like child. today, or this week, rather, has just been, like, leading up to this, particularly today, y'all. Yeah. So today's topic, we gone. As I, as I as we said last episode, we're definitely yeah. gonna get into into who we are individually, what our upbringing was, but today's topic is gonna be basically yes. just generally on tough love. Topic on tough love. Yeah, tough love, and mm. they say love is the foundation. So I feel like mm. if all you've got is tough love. I mean, (laughs) when you say tough love, because see, we have this thing about, okay, yes, let's, let's perfect segue. Yes. Because Iyanla Van Zandt. Jump right into it. Yes. Let's jump right into it. Iyanla Van Zandt loves to um, use that method. If, uh, for those of you that actually, that watch Iyanla Mm -hmm. Fix My Life. Um, And I I think she's an awesome woman. Um, And she uses a method of. Yeah, right. And she uses a method of like tough love, but what we've been discussing um, is that a lot of times we'll see the different people that she's worked with. Um, it, when she worked with Alicia Keys' sister, uh, Alicia Keys, sorry, Keisha Cole's sister, Nefertiri, and her now ex-husband, they were married mm-hmm. at the time. And that's just like one ins- one of the right. instances where you see the method, you see the tough love, you see the fact that Yanla helps with getting someone to realize the fact that there's a problem, the fact that there may mm-hmm. be dysfunction, but then it kind of ends up stopping there. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see that, you'll see like for in Nefertiri's case, her and her husband, ex-husband's case, he became her ex-husband. They got a divorce. But there was so much that happened on that show where we found out that the ex-husband has been... hes He was sexually abused most of his childhood mm-hmm. and a lot of his adolescence. Nefertiri had been through hell and back. They both are yeah. two very broken people. The only thing that happened, though, with Iyanla, and not to knock it, was the fact that they realized how broken they were and that being married probably was not the best thing until they got some healing. But it seems to be like a consistent thing where we have the realization happen. But it's like, what do you do on the other as the other aspect of that? Mm-hmm. What do you do like when you take it a little bit deeper? And so I'm believing that that's a good intro 
to tough love. Yes, because, you know, as Lady C said, you know, I love Iyana. I watch her. You know, I believe she's a great spiritual um, counselor. I believe she does have a calling and she's great at what she does. And she did say, disclaimer, not trying to put this, not putting this out there so people don't think that we're bad about her in any way. Right. Because Ayana did say, I believe on one of her episodes when she was working with a couple, she said this is not to take the place of therapy. Right. This is to help you realize what it is you need to work on so you can go seek therapy to go do that. And I think, and the reason why we brought it up is because a lot of particularly African Americans and other minority groups, they see shows like that or they see shows like Dr. Phil and they think that, oh, this is what therapy is. You just sit there, you come to an epiphany, a realization of what your issue is, and that's it. And like Lady Z was talking about, but there's, but where does the work start? And that is where, you know, hopefully a lot of people are realizing that you do need to seek out actual clinical help. And there, again, like, you know, those shows should not take the place of you actually getting the help that you need. Because, you know, in the case of Nefertiri and her husband, you know, as well as a few other people on shows like that and out in real life, there is some deep-seated trauma that, as I, as I kind of started by, by saying, is really the foundation for a lot of people Hence why we're talking about tough love because in a sense, you know, a lot of people only get the tough love response when it comes to growing up, when it comes to different problems that arise or whatever. And when I say tough love, I mean the kind of love to where it's, you know, it's hard. It doesn't acknowledge or recognize emotions it's almost kind of like you just have to deal with it because it's a part of life and you just go on with your issues mm. and at some point unfortunately not trying to buy about the church it's like we'll just pray it to God and leave it there mm. but you still need to but you still need to heal from that because as I said if your foundation is nothing but tough love trauma you know, heartbreak, heartache, abuse, neglect, and all of that, as we see, for some people, that's not enough. And as we see, as you get older, as a, as children grow up and get older, it shapes, your, it shapes your outlook on relationships. It shapes your outlook on people. It shapes your outlook on practically everything in life. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, in a lot of what in almost everything, love is supposed to be that counterbalance. I'm not trying to say tough love is a bad thing, but it's bad if it's the only type of love that's being shown or being displayed in the home. There should be, you know, again, I believe C.S. Lewis talks about the four different kinds of love. You know, there's a type of love where you appreciate, you know, something or someone. There's a type of love that, you know, should be unconditional. It's not judgmental, it's supportive. You know, and then there's the intimate, you know, sexual kind of love that a lot of people use, mm-hmm. 
to compensate for those two, but there's more types of love. Um, if you guys are interested, check out C.S. Lewis' books, The Four Loves. It's a great read. I believe it's only like 100 pages or so, but it's a really good read. And those are just a few examples he kind of delves into. But yeah, I think what we're trying to get at now, and this is a good segue because I know growing up, me personally, I feel like a lot of, much of my life has been, you know, I've received nothing but tough love, you know, nothing but just, you know, people kind of, or more so parents, as well as like few friends and other stuff, but, you know, sort of like, oh, just, you know, take it, grow up, that's a part of life, you know, or... You know, you don't have time to deal with emotions because emotions, like, complicate things, yada, 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 however people may say or feel about it. Um, And so, of course, being an earth sign, too, I feel like in a lot of ways. um, Oh, my God. (laughs) You would bring that up. For my astrologists out there. He always got to bring that up. A little bit, you know. Always got to bring that up. I got to build on my people out there. Shout out to my homegirl V. But, um, (laughs) yeah, like, I think just, you know, and I'm not trying to say that's the reason why, but I think in a lot of ways, a small tidbit as to why I know I have a problem expressing what I feel a lot of the times. Um, because I firmly believe with the Spirit's help, like, there is there is some truth in how you feel. It just, it's not, it's not the total equation. You still need to think things through. Um, so I'm definitely somebody who tries to think things through and rationalize it. Um, but right now I'm definitely trying to work, you know, in operating with my head and my heart working as one with the spirit's help so I can be comfortable expressing how I feel and, you know, and being okay with that. Even if the other person who I'm speaking to isn't receptive to it, because even though that's their that's how they deal with with what I'm saying. That shouldn't stop me from saying it because, you know, there's not trying to say, quote unquote, that's my truth. This is just, this is what I'm experiencing and this is what I'm feeling. You know, it's interesting because when it comes down to, and just to kind of bring everything back full circle, when it comes to tough love, mm-hmm. I almost, based on what you just said, it makes me wonder, do we need to redefine that or do we need to better explain that? Because I think tough love can also be used interchangeably, unfortunately, uh, to mask for PTSD or traumatic situations. Mm. And you go through a traumatic situation, but then someone's like, oh, that based on what their background is, what their culture may be, they're like, oh, no, that's just tough love. Mm. So it makes you kind of think of it makes you it makes you think about it. If you think about some things that have been, and this is what we're talking about tonight. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna share our testimonies. We're gonna share, you know, a little bit more about ourselves and our experiences tonight. But with tough love, is it tough love? I think is where I wanna pose a question. Is it really tough love or is it something something completely left that mm-hmm. we've that we've just slapped a label of oh okay that's just tough love right 
Difficult. Right, because when you say that, like, that has me thinking about, I mean, of course the word talks about you spare the rod, you spoil the child. Right, right. However, I feel like a lot of parents took that as, okay, well, I'm going to whoop you. But I think, you know, it doesn't, you know, the Bible doesn't say, you know, you still don't, you just don't do it and not explain why you're doing it. It's like, still do it, but you still need to know why you're doing it. Because I know a lot of us, myself included, have gotten whoopings. And a lot of times, we really didn't do nothing or understood what we did. Right. We just got whooped because, quote unquote, that was bad. Or, oh, you shouldn't have done that. It's like, okay, well, what did I do? I thought I was just Mm. doing whatever. And then it's like, you get punished for it, but it's like, okay, why did I get punished? And then it's like, oh, well, because... You know, it's just wrong. And like I was saying, I feel like that's why a lot of children coming up have a problem with authority because mm-hmm. if you're not explaining to me what it is or why I'm supposed to do something, mm-hmm. why should I do it? But it's that and then interesting Because that in and of itself is traumatic because it's exactly. like, it's like, you know, and I'm not trying to say it to an extreme, but it's just like mm-hmm. when kids be like, oh yeah, I got beat. It's like, right. well, you got whoopings. But to a child coming up, it's like, no, I got beat. Right. Because a lot of people, you know, again, they're not getting hit with belts a lot of times. Some of them, it's like shoes, unfortunately, mm. fits. Like, so that when sometimes when children say, oh, yeah, I got beat, it's like, you have to take a look at that. And like, the, like how you said, like, because a lot of parents will slap that out as like, oh, that's just tough love. Like, I love you. Like, if I didn't love you, I'm going to beat right. you. Not saying that's a bad thing, but however... Are you really letting your child know why it is you're whooping them? Right. Or are you just doing it because to you, what they did was bad? Right. So. I mean, well, let, and it's in perspective, too. Yeah. Because I was, and I mean, we, I just talked about this. We just, you know, got say underscore, say it loud underscore the movement mm-hmm, right. uh, on Instagram. Please and I was able to share a little bit about my testimony. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. Speak on that. A little bit about my testimony. And that. I went through, like, literally, my mentor abused us. Like, we got verbally, oh, we got talked about ourselves so much. Mind you, this is the person that ordained me. But we were talked about in such a way, like one of my colleagues, and I'm still very tied with her, she, we would be on a call um, having our classes because we did everything like over the phone and on the internet because everybody was in different states. And our leader would talk about how much she did not like even the sound of this person's voice. And they always called and they always asked for this. Mind you, my colleague is not, is literally nothing but the sweetest thing that you will ever, ever meet. Like very sweet. And she's very helpful. And literally that's what she's in place to do. We were all her armor. Me and the, the colleague that I'm referring to and another person, honestly, there were about five of us that were armor bearers. By the time it was all said and done, she had kicked out all the armor bearers and pretty literally kicked us out of the ministry. Wow. And for a couple of us, we went through deeper situations because we, she lived with us. And (laughs) 
I remember being called a dog and being told that I looked like I was chasing my tail all the time because mm-hmm. I was trying to try to be better because I kept every time I seemed like it's every time I did something I either got yelled at saying it was wrong or I got the looks or she would put me on mute right in the middle of our calls so I'm talking or I'm praying and she would put me on mute in the middle of it you're not praying right did it to a few of us so it's like okay all right you know I get that sometimes stuff some stuff was off all right whatever but things like that would happen. And then afterwards, she'd be like, well, she'd say, okay, well, you're trying to take over the ministry. I'm like, all right, what, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even doing anything hard. Right. And she's like, no, you look like a dog that's chasing a car, not chasing your tail, chasing a car. And would say it because I'm start laughing when she said it. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, because you know, you're never going to catch up with the car. The dogs, they should know they're never going to catch up with the car, but they're still doing it. She's like, that's what you remind me of because you're trying to keep getting somewhere. Why are you trying to keep getting somewhere? And the only reason why I was trying to keep getting somewhere is because I wanted to get to a point where you didn't get pissed off just at my presence in a hotel room that I paid for. You didn't get pissed off at the fact that there were two beds and I got a chance to sleep in the bed, in one of the beds, because no, mostly I slept on the floor. Because it was um, to deal with my pride. And I quote. Mm. In a hotel room that I paid for. And for her, she considered that tough love. I'm a grown woman. And literally paying for everything by the grace of God. Because he told me to. He told me to make sure that I was. Well, he didn't even tell me to make sure. He led me to assist her in building. That's what I knew. And the and what I did not know, I stuck with that, stuck with that for a couple of years straight. I wasn't even, even when I noticed that stuff was off, I wasn't praying to God. I was going with whatever was told to me. Things had gone left because she had become very disobedient mm-hmm. to whatever the Lord was telling her to do. And how she was leading us was abusing us verbally, spiritually. You should be calling your mentees a sorceress or a doppelganger because they're trying to be more like the person that the Lord put in their place. Like... I just wanted her not to yell at me on stuff. Mm-hmm. And she would consider that me trying to take over the ministry. Wow. And that's just the wow. right. But that's what happened. It's so... But she, but she would call that tough love. I know. She and it's funny you say love. that because... And that's the thing I can see. And I firmly, and I firmly believe this. It's not some... I mean, of course, like physical, like like physical, you know, like physical, like whippings or like stuff mm-hmm. like that, like stuff like that is bad, but uh, but more so the verbal and emotional stuff does long term damage, and especially now being in the fields that we're in and seeing how a lot of people's realities and foundations is really a lot of the root stuff is a lot of stuff that they saw or heard or mm-hmm. were f- in a lot of ways definitely affected by mm-hmm. it's 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 just like this label of tough love this you know it's almost like they use that as like a boundary and it's kind of like oh you can't get over here but I can go over there 
Why? Because I love you. Yeah, it's tough, but I love you. But and just to let's go there. Okay, so here's the thing. And you remember, I think um, I had mentioned it's like PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and that literally, that's exactly what she did. So that's how she acted. She used it as a boundary. She used, she did whatever. Like literally, she could do stuff to us. Let us try to say something against her. I saw people get kicked out of the ministry because they didn't agree with what she would accuse them of doing. Mm -hmm. Like literally kicked out. And for myself, once everything happened to me, I mean, I went through so many conversations with people. Actually, one of my friends is a Christian counselor. So mm -hmm. for a year and a half, every day almost mm -hmm. conversation after conversation because my mind was messed up right and do you know that in my it was a few it was two and a half almost three years of this stuff so back to back to back because that's all i did like i didn't even really work a regular job for a while mm -hmm. it was just ministry so speeding up to now with my little sister we were somewhere we were at a hotel um, and she's the lady that ordained me was very clean to a fault. If I messed up things, she, it would get real bad. My little sister had said, I had done something and put something like differently than what it was. And she was like, girl, you know how I am. Fix that. And do you know that it made me tense up because I mm -hmm. remembered how the, and I was like, okay. And in my mind, I didn't even realize this, but it, but because of what we're studying, because mm -hmm. of the actualization of what really happened, mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, hold up. I had an anxiety, almost a brief anxiety attack that could is. happen off of her saying that because I remembered. Because I stayed in a hotel for five months with this lady, had stuff thrown at me and everything. I didn't realize I'm having some withdrawal, some anxiety, some PTSD, if you will, because I was expecting my little sister to yell at me like the lady used to mm -hmm. over something being out of place. Mm -hmm. Briefly, back in my, I had to, I didn't even realize that it had, that in my mind I had started being like, okay, you got to calm down. She's not going to yell. Mm -hmm. You're fine. And I had to tell myself, that. I didn't mm -hmm. even realize myself was telling me that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I just wanted to, to piggyback on what no, you said. No, that is so accurate because I can't tell you how many times I think just being yelled at at adults and, like, always being told something's wrong, like, because I can honestly admit there have been, I remember clearly from the time I got out of high school to Literally, I think to the time I graduated, like that whole span of like eight years, mm -hmm. I can honestly I can honestly attest say that I was living for approval, <laughs> and I didn't know it until I had those moments of where. Because, again, you're always trying to do and be perfect so you don't get called out. So you don't Ooh. get yelled at. So you don't get put on the spot. Yep. So you don't get made. So you don't be embarrassed. So you don't get shame put on you. So it's mm -hmm. like you try to live and, and do things to avoid that happening. Right. And I will never forget it came full circle when my last year of my last year of undergrad, I had finally got my first job. Mm -hmm. And my boss. And I will honestly say, see, this is why I say tough love is a good thing because this to me was a good example of tough love. My boss, 
I'll never forget because we had to work on this big. He he would do events every year for mm-hmm. his program, and so I remember that my the first half the first half of my last year we were doing this event for the winter time, mm-hmm. and I remember. And I remember, like, he wanted me to call these different agencies or email these different agencies. And I wasn't getting a, re- and I wasn't getting a response. Mm. And and I knew, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I know he's going to ask for an update. I know when I get there, he's going to ask for an update. And I, was walk- and I would say that to myself, and I would walk into it already, already at the ready, like, okay, what kind of, like, I have to come up with something, like, to do that, like, but literally, but literally, like when I sat there and I told them, I was just like, I emailed them, I called them, I didn't get a response. I'm ready for him to tell me that's it, pack it up. You're not doing a good job, whatever. Mm-hmm. He literally told me he's just like, okay, well, he he and he and he told me he was like he was like, okay. Did you email everybody? I said yes. The ones I could, I said I called everybody, mm-hmm. left messages. I did all I can do. Mm-hmm. I said I'm just waiting for a response. He said, he said okay. While you're waiting on that, just do this, and as it happens, we'll take care of it. Like when I tell you, he said that, and when he left the room, I literally sat there for two minutes and cried in my chair. Wow. I cried in my chair because I was expecting the worst. And he's an African dude, mind you. So I already yeah. knew they didn't play. So I'm thinking like he's really getting ready to tell me tear me a new one. And when he said that and he was like, Oh, I'm gonna go get lunch, I'll be back. I literally cried as I was working on that flyer. Because never had I had somebody say that. And say it was, and and he said it in a manner to where it was like, okay, I see you did that. Okay, that's great. Okay, now just work on this while you wait on that. Because it was always, it was always, well, you need to do this. Well, make sure you, like, go double check and do that. Like, that's what I was waiting on. Wow. Why do you think you were waiting on that? I was waiting on that because I know growing up in the church, and having parents always say, do your due diligence. Make sure, like, you've done all you know to do. And even when you do that, it's always like they come up with something else. It's like, mm-hmm. well, did you check that? Well, no, you need to go hurry up and do that. So you mean to tell me that because of how your parents were, you expected... I expected that. and just Because, right. again, I looked at it as, like, okay, they're an authority. He's an authority. This is how he's going to say it. And this is how... Is gonna come down, and when that happened, when I tell you, when he literally walked out that room and closed the door for the first five minutes before I walked on that flyer, I literally cried. I literally got teary eyed because I sat in that chair, exhaled, breathed, and said, "Wow, thank God," and cried, and silently prayed because I was like, "Wow." <laughs> and even the latter half of the semester, when we were doing the much bigger event. There were like a few hiccups I had along the way. And of course, you know, again, I can understand his frustration because there was a lot of things happening at one time. So I understood that. Mm-hmm. But even at the final banquet in front of everybody, I wasn't even expecting it. I'm just backstage getting the getting the bags ready for other people to pass them out. Mm-hmm. And just give me the and he just gave me like a few like 30 seconds of appreciation. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, yo. Yo. I hear you. It's just like, and I say that to say, like, anybody who's a parent, anybody who's an adult, when you're dealing with young children or you're dealing with someone young coming up in the ministry or coming up in school or just coming up in a household, Mm -hmm. do not undervalue or do not take the time to appreciate your child or appreciate your student or appreciate somebody who's learning from you. Hmm. Because there's a reason why his word talks about working to your bosses as unto the Lord. This child who's trying to work for your approval or work to go above and beyond to make sure that you're happy is is literally what his word is saying. Work unto your bosses. They may not consider you a boss, but they consider you someone of authority, consider you someone of power. You don't need to flex. You don't need to catch attitude. You don't need to get loud with them if they make a mistake. They're learning this for the first time. Don't expect them to get it right off the bat. And take notice to them who are trying, who are putting forth the effort, who are giving you everything and more. Why? Because of that passage, if nothing else. Or hell, if anything, they're trying to earn your approval. And yes, Mm -hmm. in a way, tough love should say you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. But it should still be appreciated because, again, it's like they're trying to let you know, like, hey, I'm here. Hey, I just want to make things easier for you, even if I mess up. Right. And that's big, y'all. You know what? You better say that because (laughs) it's interesting because your experience with that boss is completely opposite of the one that the boss that just left my job Mm -hmm. and the current job that I have. I mean, I thought I was going crazy at work. I thought, I mean, thought I was going crazy. I've been there for a year and a half. And this manager, like, I remember someone jokingly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, you telling me that, yeah. Jokingly, they were like, they considered her, oh, my gosh. It was some type of grenade, actually. They literally called, I forgot, they called her um, something, It was, but it's a grenade. And she didn't know what it meant. It's like a, um, it's a letters that it stands for. Mm-hmm. And... That was her, and she didn't know what it was. She was like, yeah, someone called me that, and I, was, I didn't even know what it is. And we're like, dude, that's a grenade. But it's because she goes what goes from zero to a thousand in like a hot second. And so, I mean, it was like, and I, it was a flashback. It reminded me so much of what I came out of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I can't do that. I got to go. I can't do this. She crazy. I can't do it. And I thought I was like, I think I need to go. I was really rethinking having to go to counseling again mm-hmm. for all of this because this job was so crazy. And it took a minute and God worked it out because he didn't let me leave. He didn't let me get out of that. That I will say is tough love because I was in and it was God's tough love because he allowed me to get into something that he knew my struggle with everything that had happened in 20, like 12 to 2015, everything that I call it condensed warfare because of how intense how it was. Intense yeah. for, an, for, a, for a couple of years. 
So to allow me to get back into that when it reminded me so much of the person that ordained me and then to see some redemption on the other side because once things did level out and once certain things were mm-hmm. in place with this manager, complete 180. I didn't have the anxiety that I did. I wasn't scared to talk. Like my stomach didn't drop every time I had to have a conversation mm-hmm. with her. I lo- I remember one time it was so bad, I lost my appetite for like a few weeks. I didn't even eat at work. I'd be at work for like nine hours. Didn't even want to eat. So, and but to see how much it changed before she actually left the company was very interesting because it's very different than how everything ended with the previous mm-hmm. experience. So that I will call tough love. And yeah, and I think, and I and that's why I said there is there is a moment of tough love because going back to what my friend me and me and a few of my classmates were talking about earlier before earlier today mm-hmm. she had made a comment because I was talking I was like you know that's the thing about a lot of the older generation mm-hmm. is they didn't have the luxury of doing this of being able to talk things out and recognize things and process things and because yeah, no, their socioeconomic status was rich Jews and just yeah, and just the climate in general, like yeah. for a lot of them, because again, slavery was still going on mm-hmm. a little, you know, it wasn't as full fledged as like the early 1900s, but I mean, mm-hmm. between like the 40s, 50s, and 60s, it was still like segregation, like still little killings here and like behind closed doors, you know, right. even still today. So it's like, you know, a lot of stuff, it was just like, you know, that's just part of life, get with it, part of life, get with it. Mm-hmm. That was that era, and it made sense. And I think now as we shift, we now need to bring these things to light because as we said, this affects you as you get older. This mm-hmm. becomes the basis to which you look at reality in a lot of ways. Like, And so my friend was saying that she was like, yeah, but the one thing that they did have that we don't is, is the work ethic. Right. Is being able to, is being able to not give it so much of our energy to say, okay, yes, that happened or whatever. But it's time to get up and move on and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, still press to still press onward because you know stuff like that's gonna come up. Mm-hmm. So saying that the staff like that in a lot of ways, I feel like tough love comes in because, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm saying. And that's why I said earlier being being able to explain, and it's so, and I'm so happy you mentioned that story mm-hmm. because it's like, yes, we go through some intense moments in life. Mm-hmm. And we do need, and we do need these moments to process it, yeah. however long it may be. However, even as you're going through it, and even as you're moving through life, like how you shared, it's like Same. you still kept it moving, and you still kept going, and you still made it through to the point to where now that you're on this side of it, and you went through some something similar. <laughs> It's like now you're a lot more conditioned. Now your skin is a lot thicker. Now you're more seasoned. It's like, okay, I can deal with this. But isn't love supposed to, if it's real tough love, it makes you tough, right? But it makes you tough from a a healthy, in a healthy way. That, yes. Not tough in survival mode because you're constantly looking over your shoulder or you're like, oh no, I can take, I can take that kind of pain because I took worse. Not saying any of it's right. 
but I can take that kind of pain because I took that type of stuff. That's the that's what we've labeled as tough love, mm-hmm. and it's inaccurate. It is because it, yeah, it's definitely accurate, and a lot of it has to do with not. It's not being ta- it's not being taught to a lot of it is not being taught to how to maneuver through it. Right. Because that's the key in in still moving forward and still moving through. You learn how to maneuver through it. Instead of healing. Yeah, because as you're moving through it, you're learning, you're healing, and that's all I'm saying spirit wise, mm-hmm. Christ wise, when he shows tough love, it's like, no, you're gonna go through this because there's something I want you to get out of it. Yeah. I, I need to build up your endurance. I want you to hear. I want you to understand that a lot of it isn't what you think. That in the hardest thing too is learning the other side of it, which is why now I can look at you know my mother and different people, adults, old folk, and I learned that just going through retail when I worked at retail for like three years, just about. Wow. I learned. I I had to really understand. I was just like, "Oh, it's not me." <laughs> a lot of these people bring their internal world with them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people bring their drama with them, and you just happen to be there when they blow up. And so it's like once you once once I got that, and once I realized, began to piece it all together, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> it ain't my fault." Good. Just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Or oh you had oh you still dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Whether it be whether it be deep rooted or whether it be just a regular situation. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. That's so, real. Yeah. I think I think that's what makes it hard. Tough love, air quotes, because Right. You're not taught to maneuver through it. You're not taught, you know... How to heal. Yeah. Just how to heal properly. Because if you are trying... If you go through something and then you don't heal from it and you go through something else, if I'm correct, it's going to look like something that either may or may not have a bandage on it, that the bandage is taken off, or the scab is taken off and there's still a whole lot of festering happening. And then you're going to allow the same type of trauma, whatever that looks like, whether it's a little pin sticking in it or it's a whole other giant wound right next to it. It's still something that is infecting something that's already open and never Oh, you know how I like to look at it? Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's like putting a blindfold on a child and telling it to run. <laughs> and not telling it when to stop. It's just gonna keep running. <laughs> and yeah, when you keep does. running and then adulthood, mm-hmm. when you finally stop and you take out that blindfold and you look around, it's like, what was I running for? <laughs> Why was I running? Dude, how long have I been running? Right. <laughs> like and it's interesting. And then the other question is, wait, what did I miss while I was running? What? Wait, where am like, I? Where, yeah, like where is Sansa who told me to run mm-hmm. in the first place? It's like... And where am I? Who am I? 
what am I supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. That's why you have so many people now that identity is lost. But the downside is, is that you have previous generations that that's the case. So that generation that you just mentioned from like the 70s and the 60s that were strong, very, very strong because they had to be. So many of them, they got through life learning to have a tougher skin, learning to continue running. And they never taught, they, I mean, they, depending on your socioeconomic status, you don't learn how to deal with your feelings and nobody got time for that but because of those things that's why you see kids getting raped that's why you see molestations happening that's why you see a lot of the stuff happening to younger kids from older people because they never healed and they take it into the next generation however however it enters the next generation and unfortunately for a lot of kids it's that it's some type of sexual something, some type of molestation something. Some type Someone of gets neglect, talked about yeah, something. Abuse, something like, and it, it, it deals with the kids. And I think that speaks to, you know, because everybody, you know, the few friends I had talk about, you know, post. I think this is one doctor. She talks about post traumatic slave syndrome. Whoa. <laughs> and essentially, oh, I believe. Yeah. When I read it, I have to re, I have to re look at it again. Excuse me, yeah, I just need that to up. read. Yeah, we re- need. I need you to say that again. You <laughs> there's a doctor. I can't remember her name. Ooh. I have to look it up again. You'll probably find it if you if you Google her. Is she talks about post traumatic slave syndrome? <laughs> and she talks of and for what I remember, don't quote me on this, but. She definitely talks about, and it's funny you bring that up because the only thing that comes to mind is how, in the in the Willie List letter, he talked about keeping the keeping the body, but break down the mind. Yeah, and yes, for a lot of minorities, which explains why we're reactive, we automatic because a lot of that falls on your reptilian brain, <laughs> that part of your brain that's just all about survival. And it doesn't help that you're in environments that perpetuate that with violence, drugs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, saying that to say the post-traumatic part of that is that because it wasn't talked about, because it was just, this is our reality, we're trying to move on and heal from it. <laughs> it became a, It became a part of, it became, in a lot of ways, embedded in our culture to where it's like, now we look at the generation and it's like everybody's pointing the finger at somebody. Yep. And they're pointing the finger at somebody. <laughs> and then they're pointing the finger at somebody. And then it's like they're pointing the finger. And it's like it's going back to that because nobody sat down mm-hmm. or took the time to really process and heal properly from Come on. what we experienced and what we yeah. went through. And so in a lot of ways now, like how you say it throughout the generations, that's why a lot of rape, a lot of mm-hmm. abuse, a lot of neglect, a lot of fetal alcohol syndrome, whether we know it or not, is a thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of learning disabilities where a lot of stuff comes from, which is why I believe mm-hmm. mental health is so big. Because now, as we see, it's mental health has everybody, it's, it's literally everybody's issue now. 
Because if you look at different cultures, there's something. Yeah. And it's and it's been going on for so long, it's so deep that now, now that we're in a generation to where it's like, okay, let's deal with it. We have we're dealing with like almost two or three generations worth yeah. of it's trauma, of abuse. More. Of trauma, abuse, neglect, mm-hmm. and just not being heard or being recognized, yeah. which is why, which is why I think a lot of people act out or on drugs, and why everybody's kind of like, "Look at me, 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 me." This me generation, in a lot of ways, because nobody's being heard or nobody's taking the time out to really pay attention to not just the aesthetics. But the underlying, Mm -hmm. what are your skeletons in your closet? (laughs) I think it's correct. (laughs) So, (laughs) sorry, y'all. We had this. We have a. It's a ghost in the hallway. I think so. It's a ghost, ghost or ghostesses in the hallway. I don't know what is going on up in here. I don't know. Close. Okay. Jesus, Lord, I think Lord just walked through here. All right. Jesus. Lord. Okay. Yes. To what you said, I think about, and something that, and it just came out in a conversation that I talked with a friend about. I don't think I've mentioned it quite yet here. I've, now my grandmother, my mother's mother, she passed away when I was five, so almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know her that well. I didn't know much about her, but there's so much stuff that is coming up on her um, that I was not aware of. Mm -hmm. And to go back to what you said, even two or three generations, my mom was born in the 40s. So my grandmother was even older than that, of course. And there are some things that my grandmother chose to do when she was pregnant with my mother, like drink turpentine, which is yes, y'all, y'all heard that right. And so, like drink turpentine, which is a poison, to hopefully kill the children she was pregnant with. She did that, and it worked on my mom's twin. And my mom, though, of course, is my mom, so she made it. But you have that, and you have another friend of my grandmother's that decided to throw herself down a stairway to, again, terminate a pregnancy. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm like, what happened to you that that is the case? Because from what we know, my grandmother wasn't raped. Not not for that pregnancy, we'll say that. And neither was old girl. That was her friend. Mm-hmm. Neither of them were raped. They willingly went to go hang out with the military boys that were near where they lived um, on one of the bases in Texas. You willingly went to go do that, and you willingly went to get it, have children. But, well, not have children. Well, you willingly went to do what you do so you can make a baby. Why would you try to put yourself in so much of harm's way just to get rid of something that's living inside of you? What the heck happened to you before then because they were not teenagers they were adults Mm -hmm. 
So I just thought that was, it makes me think about the generations. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so if something happened to my grandmother, what happened to the person that did something to my grandmother? So now we're back almost 100 years. Yeah. Actually, at this point, it would be 100 years. Yeah. Over 100 years. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It's like, so we have literally a century of stuff at least that, and that's just one instance that I'm aware of, of things that happened that we have not tackled. Because if we're looking at, um, even if we're looking at Freudian theory and when Freud was out and people that came uh, even a little bit after Freud, they ne- they didn't deal with black folks. They, did they dealt with rich, well-to-do, affluent people that could afford whatever quote-unquote counseling because with Freud, he was the first of his kind. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it interests me mm-hmm. because I wonder how far back we would, I mean... And, and I did find the book that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. And it just makes you think, I'm like, how much do we have to undo? And it's funny you bring that up because I just think about, like, you know, and this is something that I tell, you know, people all the time. Like, every culture has had their own form of slavery genocide, rape, whatever you want to label it in history. And so when you when you begin to understand that, it's like everybody that's really not the entire ideology, but that's a part of the ideology of mentally where a lot of the older people, the older generation, the ancestors come from. Mm-hmm. And which definitely explains why I think why a lot of why certain members of said of some of those cultures wanted to move to the US or wanted to get away possibly well, because of what was going on. You know. Well. And why again some you know, for of course, not every culture had that luxury. Um, for those of for everybody who knows the history of the U.S., mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be said. Just mm-hmm. open up a history book. But <laughs> saying that to say that every culture has skeletons in their closet. Yeah, we do. And in a lot of ways, every culture shares similar skeletons and may look different but we share it and so segueing kind of leading back into this thing of tough love in that now that we're in an era and a time to where we can process and discuss these things Hmm. you know that's kind of where we can begin to piece together like how you said who's who we are who someone is and you know when you just look at culturally and then when you begin to look at specific family members and when you begin to look at that because mm-hmm. you know for a long time you know I, I used to As you know, ladies, Eva, me and my mother's relationship was kind of what it was. Yeah. But in being in this field, I began to understand, and this is something I even told you, is that 
we can't expect we can't expect someone to give us something they never got. And so in terms of the different kinds of loves that we that I mentioned earlier, if all you know is tough love, that's like asking a beggar to give you some money. They can't give it to you. And so I had to understand well, yeah. that in the, in terms of my own parents, that their parents only gave them tough love or they only gave them what they got. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's just, it's just, ha- it's just coming full circle in that, oh, this is how you are. Okay. And in turn, leading back to who I am is like, okay, then I know who I am, then I know who I gotta be. Because as we done clearly heard earlier today, when you don't know who you are and living in denial of who you are, don't want to accept or face who you are, you live in in some other reality. (laughs) Or you not present, I should say. (laughs) That's that's what I should say, you not present. So... (laughs) But I just, I'm like, in thinking about all this, I'm just, Mm -hmm. it's like where to start. And we talked about the, and even with this tough love thing, and which brings me back to Yamla, um, I like her approach and her method. And with our, when we discussed it, you know, we were talking about like, we might have to do something new and something different. I'm getting a phone call. Something new and something different um, to reach our generation because the way that counseling is going, it is opening up, but we have to make sure that for the many different races and ethnicities and cultures that need it, that they have something that is relatable that can um that can be understood from even a universal aspect um it's just kind of looking into different things that like i i believe that all of us as black people can relate as african-americans can relate to what we know tough love to be as a whooping whereas society would look at it as child abuse Mm -hmm to that extent for different cultures and being able to speak to something like this um what we what they may consider oh that's just a traditional thing um or that's just you know that's just what we're used to still does not make it right and yeah mm-hmm. that's, and i think that's, that's the big thought. yeah and i think that's the biggest thing i think innovative wise you know, the future clinicians is going to bring, because something I had in church, it was like, you know, we know what's going on in in the world. Christ is saying through Christians, there's a better way. There's there's a better way. And so, just going to end this episode on that, that there is a better way. Yeah. And that tough love isn't the only love. That appreciation, unconditional... Constructive love. You know, supportive, Mm -hmm. constructive love, Mm -hmm. you know, is there. 
it it doesn't have to be as Lady Z said, like the abusive, verbal, emotional, physical, you know, rape and all that that a lot of people use as a boundary mm-hmm. to say, well, this is why I'm doing it. You stay over there type boundary. Right. Because it, it, she's right. It doesn't make it right. Because especially if they're not teaching you how to heal and grow from it and maneuver mm-hmm. from it. Right. So. All right. If you're ready, I'm ready to pray us out. Yeah. Because we got a, we got a few time, minutes. Yes, like we're going to pray us out before we get into part two, Ooh, y'all. So yes. I'm going to let Lady Z take over. It'll be then, real quick. I yes, promise. And pray us out. So we can yes, just cover this. Because this is good, y'all. So. Yes. All right. All right. Father, thank you so much. We bless you for this day, God. We thank you for who you are. Um, and what you're doing, God, um, I thank you, Father, that you, that nothing is, is, um, past your eyesight, Father God, and nothing is past your knowledge, Father God, but Lord, you see everything that is happening and you desire for us to be healed. You desire for us to walk in full healing. And Father, I don't just believe it's for the people that are all, that we, that are already surrendered to you, but I believe it's for those that their pain has kept them from you. And Father, I pray over those hearts. I pray over every person's heart, Father, that we be softened, Father Mm -hmm. God, to soften our hearts, Lord, to to want the help, to want what's being offered, Father. I thank you for making ways for people to feel your love, for people to know your healing Uh, in a new way, Father God. Help us to be in a position where we can provide that. And we just thank you for this dialogue and what you're going to do, Father God. Let it continue, Father. Let us all walk in, in, in towards healing, Father God, instead of away from it. And we thank you, Father, for this opportunity. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so yes. We are definitely going to come back with a part two. I'm going to say this real quick because I ain't got that much time. But thank you all for tuning in. Yeah. To a seat at the table. Um, we are going to do a part two and we're going to look at it. You know, kind of look at how tough love affects, you know, the big things, which is relationships of all kinds. So, because those are one of the big ones. So, thank y'all for tuning in. Um, Tune back into part two. And... You got anything else to say for this? I do not, y'all. <laughs> I got, well, I, the only thing I will think of is follow us on Instagram. Yes. Twitter. Yes. Um, we are finally getting a little bit more present now that we got Mr. Zoe. Yes. Yes, um, yes, out yes. Out of the shadow. <laughs> he is on Insta. He is on Insta. Yes. Say your, say your ad. Check your ad. out. Please follow. Just say it loud. No, say your ad. Oh. I got mine. Say okay. Yours. Well, check out. Well, please follow Love Beats and Heartstrings on Instagram yes. for the for updates. Yes. Um, yeah, I just got back on there, so I'm getting reacclimated to everything. But yes, please follow Little Beats and Heartstrings and my girl Just Z Air, Lady uh, Z, um, on Instagram. Actually, y'all, I want to give the say a lot because I finally yes <laughs> for this for the movement, the same movement. Stop speaking against yourself at S S A Y. So it say uh, say it loud underscore the underscore movement all right and that's what that's how we do it yes yes. y'all so a few more seconds gotta sign out y'all check back in Ah, peace